Hey, Greyhounds fans, thank you for listening to the Hounds Huddle podcast on moraviansports.com and the Greyhound Sports Network. I am LJ Smith, Assistant Director of Athletic Communications here at Moravian University. And on this episode, I sat down with men's soccer head coach, Bob Wilkinson, going back to his days as a student athlete at LaSalle, concluding with his fourth season at the helm of the Moravian Greyhounds. So let's get started and meet our guest, head men's soccer coach, Bob Wilkinson. Thank you again for joining us on the Hounds Huddle podcast, the official podcast of Moravian University Greyhounds Athletics. LJ Smith alongside head men's soccer coach Bob Wilkinson. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Glad to be here, LJ. Thanks for having me. So as an overview of what we're going to kind of talk about uh, today is how you got started with the sport of soccer, transitioning all the way through high school and college and what that looked like for you, and then uh, talk about how you got into college coaching and being the head coach of the men's soccer team at Moravian University. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a good plan. All right, so let's get things underway. Uh, let's talk about how you first kind of got involved with the sport of soccer. I got involved in the sport of soccer, I guess, when I was six, uh, at the United German-Hungarian Club, uh, UGH, which uh, you know the club ended up being a big part of our life. My dad was a player there. Uh, my dad played there in the mid-60s and won a national championship with them. And it was interesting in that time, you know, where, uh, you know, American soccer, where was it? Uh, my dad went to Girard College Elementary and High School back when he was growing up. He spent his whole uh, life living there. And uh, at that time, the main sport at Girard was actually, was actually soccer. So that kind of got into it. He went on, he graduated from there, went on to Drexel. Mm-hmm. Played at Drexel, was an All-American at Drexel. So soccer's always uh, been a big part of his life, and he passed it on to his kids. That's so. that's incredible to hear. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to your dad a little bit uh, later in here, but going through high school, when you finally got to high school and playing soccer, were you uh, playing any other sports growing up? Was it soccer just strictly? No, I'd love baseball, for yeah. sure. I played till I was uh, 18. I did not play for my high school team. Uh, but I always loved baseball. We played, you know, wiffle ball in our backyard every day for like uh, 15 years. My old buddies from the neighborhood would appreciate that shout out. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so there's a, a genuine love for baseball, but you know, soccer was always there. Soccer was the year round sport, uh, for me, even back then, you know, everything was more seasonal than, uh, fall was soccer and football, winter basketball, you know, baseball was the summer, but I was around the game all the time. Uh, my dad was uh, probably in 1969, I guess when I was four, became the head coach of LaSalle University. Okay. So I kind of grew up on a soccer field, uh, hanging out at their practices when I was a kid and really went all the way through high school. Now, were you recruited in high school to play soccer or did you kind of have your mind set on where you wanted to go? Uh, I always knew I was probably going to go to Archbishop Wood. My older brother went there. So that was the, you know, the Catholic school in our, uh, in our area. So they had a good program, not a great program. The best soccer back then was always played in the city in Philly at schools like North Catholic, Cardinal Doherty, uh, Father Judge, Archbishop Ryan. That, they were the big four. But we were, you know, we had some good players. And I guess in the time I was there, the, the big thing, we were the first suburban team to ever make the Catholic League playoffs, which was, uh, which was impressive. Pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah, back then. So all he knew was going there. There was a chance to go to Haverford at one time, uh, high, but um, or Haverford School. But you know, I, I stayed at Wood. I had a great, great experience there. A great high school coach, in uh, Joe Krantz. So it was, yeah, it was good for me. It was, uh, it was all about opportunity. Coach Krantz, as a freshman, had me on the varsity and playing. So wow. I couldn't ask, 
couldn't ask more than for that opportunity against that high level. Back then, it was great. That's impressive. So starting quality minutes as a freshman all the way throughout your four years there? Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I was more a guy off the bench my freshman year. I had a couple starts. But no, yeah, I was, I was pretty much in every game, and, uh, you know, it meant a lot. And it was great because you were still playing club ball then, and then I was getting JV and freshman minutes. So I was playing about, uh, you know, six games a week. So it was – Wow. Couldn't have – uh, you know, it was a great <laughs> life at that point. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, just playing soccer as, as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. That's, so. that's awesome. So you, you end up going to LaSalle. And what was your experience like? Because you played for the Explorers for four seasons, playing for your for your dad for a couple of years. What was that experience like? Yeah, pretty exciting. The um, probably the main two schools uh, I was looking at besides LaSalle were Drexel and uh, Philadelphia Textile back then, which was one of the big programs in the country. So they were local. You know, there were some other schools that had expressed some interest, but I wanted to stay close to home for sure. Textile was the dream. That's where everybody wanted to go back then. They were they were a top ten program, top five program. So when I got that call, that was the like it was the happiest day. But that's what I did all this work for. I've been around it, you know. And uh, with that being said, it uh, you know uh, the further it went along, LaSalle obviously my dad did a good job being hands off, but had other people from LaSalle reaching out to me pretty regularly. And yeah. uh, the AD back then was very specific about like we need to get Bobby here. So in the end, yeah, I chose uh, I chose LaSalle over Drexel. I love the Drexel program as well. And, uh, yes, ended up spending a, a lot of time there. So. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like that's an understatement yeah, yeah. as we uh, go throughout the, the rest of the show. Uh, you were named a regional All-American in 86 and 87. You were also inducted into the LaSalle Hall of Fame in 2005. What, what did that honor mean to you? Uh, well, it was, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I don't know if it's what everybody thinks about, but you, you, when you go into a school and, uh, you know, you're always just you know, thinking about making an impact. You want to be able to make an impact uh, as, as quick as possible. So due to an injury or two my first year, I, um, I got to start right away, first two games, uh, but I got, uh, I got hurt and uh, missed the, ended up redshirting that, uh, that freshman year. So I think when it was all said and done, you know, I played 80, 81, 82 games, I guess, starting just about every one of them. So getting through that first year with an injury, I'd never been injured before, it was difficult. But, yeah, for them to think that after all the time spent there that it was worthy of, uh, you know, the Hall of Athletes, it's great. You know, I know all those guys basically in all the sports because I was, like you said, I was down there since I was uh, five, six years old. So all the names on those walls and all those plaques, I've seen them all play basketball, baseball, or whatever for so much. So to kind of be thought of uh, as a part of that group was you know, pretty special for sure. What was your favorite memory of being a part of that program? The men's soccer program? The men's soccer program. Yeah. As a student yeah. athlete, that is, yeah. Yeah, favorite part, wow. Um, a little bit of a deep dive here. Yeah, I mean, we were able to win a number of titles, for sure, MAC titles while we were there. But, um, I mean, it had to be, you know, the, the best part of it is it was just such a, a close-knit group. The way the program was run, I mean, it really was. Everybody talks about family and all that kind of stuff, but... It really is. Um, so many of the guys through all the years, I mean, our, our alumni network is, is big and fantastic. They come back, they support stuff. Like, really, the guys that, all the guys that we that played with uh, at the South, so many of us are, are, are you know, we still see each other, stay in touch all the time. We even have a number of them on our staff. So, uh, so that was the most special. We did beat Seton Hall one year 
at the time we didn't think it was much of the win. We thought we had a good team. It made Seton Hall like five and one, but then 15 games later when Seton Hall was 19 and one or 18 and one, yeah. we're like, wow, that was a pretty big win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, after the fact, after realizing the fact, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. who you just knocked off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not only are you, were you inducted in the Hall of Fame, but uh, which is already an astounding feat, like I said, but you joined your father, who was a 1991 inductee. When you were inducted, we, we talked about like what it means to you, but like the idea that your name is etched with your father's name at LaSalle. What, 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 how do you feel about that? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like uh, dream come true type stuff, I guess. I know for my dad to, um, you know, he had success as a player and, uh, and obviously got into coaching a little bit before, like I said, 69 at LaSalle, but he had coached at uh, St. Joe's as an assistant and Philly Textile for two years, you know, he wanted to be, he, you know, was, he wanted to be good at what he was doing. You know, uh, back then there were no full-time coaches or very few. So it was really something he was going into work at six in the morning so he could get out early, uh, run practice, go home, you know, uh, do the recruiting. Uh, you know, more recruiting was done through the high schools back then. So Tuesday, Thursday. So it was pretty encompassing. But I mean, as a kid watching him, you could see how much it meant to him and how much the players meant to him. Uh, so when he, he got that honor, it was pretty, you know, pretty special. I know he, he was uh, very emotional uh, about it as well. So when I had went in, you know, uh, it, was, it was pretty special. Uh, uh, my dad had already passed away. So uh, it was kind of a way, you know, brought back a lot of memories and all that kind of stuff. And there was a great alumni crowd, you know, again, so where everybody could see each other. So, yeah. It's yeah hard to put into words, but really nice. And LaSalle has has meant so much to you as much as as long as you stayed there. You were an assistant at the program for twenty four, twenty seven. Yeah, I volunteered for probably about uh, to around from man. I did, it started pretty quick. I got out in eighty eight, so probably from ninety to two thousand two thousand one. Uh, I volunteered. And, uh, and then after that, they made a switch to, again, they were still part-time positions back then. They switched over to full-time head coach, full-time assistant. And um, the one coach wanted to stay on part-time was he, he, you know, with his job. He couldn't, couldn't do both. So, uh, so that's when I started uh, with Sal as a full-time assistant in about 2001. So. To go back to your alma mater, you have such a connection with that institution. The, the pride you must feel for being able to be a part of that for as long as you have, yeah. it's so hard to put into words. Yeah, yeah. It's um, amazing to think that, you know, like I've coached some of the guys that I went to school with, I've coached their kids, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing to see, you know, uh, guys that I was so close to, was, you know, in that coach-player uh, relationship now, uh, you know, now they're, they're dads and they're, um, you know, starting their kids and, you know, youth programs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, to see the whole the whole circle come around is uh, you know pretty crazy. I don't, I don't feel that old, but <laughs> you know. Uh, well, well, and even after some of our our home games, I see you talking to uh, people after the game. Are those former players, former teammates coming back supporting you now at this at, as as a head coach? Yeah, we get uh, we get a few for sure. Our old head coach, uh, you know, Pat Farrell comes back to at least one game every year. Yeah. Uh, and hangs out, but uh, there's a number of guys either from LaSalle or um, UGH, as I had mentioned before, mm -hmm. and there's uh, enough guys in the area 
that we know that yeah people pop in and it, you know it's obviously great to see them you know so it's a soccer community is a tight knit community for sure are you looking to get your hands on moravian university greyhounds gear head over to moraviansports.com and click the link sideline store under the tab fan zone to find our moravian apparel store each month there is a promotion that offers a discount to all things greyhounds from hats hoodies shirts and more head to the moravian athletic sideline store today powered by BSN Sports. You began your tenure here in 2018. And what was the biggest difference for, for you going from an assistant for as many years as you've been there to taking over the, the helm of this Greyhounds program? Well, the, the biggest difference, I guess, between uh, D1, D3 is certainly what, what we do in the spring and what we're capable of doing or what we're allowed to do. So within, you know, two weeks um, at LaSalle Division One, you know, you're up and lifting, uh, practicing, maybe small groups, whatever the case may be, and that'll carry through until uh, you get through that initial period where, you know, you're going to play five games and still practice like four times a week. Uh, so on and so forth. With uh, D3, it's, you know, you have a lot of ideas, a lot of stuff you put on, put in, but then uh, you have your 15 practices in the spring in one yeah. game. That's, that's very, that's a, that's a very low amount. So to get used to that, you know, it was interesting for sure, you know, because you just, you want to do so much more. And uh, in a lot of cases, the players want to do so much more. But that's probably the biggest difference, still getting used to that. I, I miss that part. I miss that part of the year where you can really be around the players and, you know, you're a little more hands-off for sure. So your first season here, you you bring the squad to a seven nine and two mark and clinch a, pl- a landmark conference playoff berth. What was that experience like for you? Because having success that quickly in your first year, but also what it meant to that program, that group of seniors. Yeah, it was a it was a, a really good group of uh, seniors that first group, and uh, you know it was I wouldn't say it was easy. Like for them, they thought I think a lot of them thought, hey, new coach, he's going to bring in his own guys. We're kind of out, but that really wasn't the case. You know, we were we wanted to try and you know we make it a goal, obviously, to make the playoffs every year. I think as almost everybody does. Just to, I was like, if we're not going to be able to achieve that goal, if you guys aren't a significant part of it, so uh, we did a, a team building thing uh, that first spring with with uh, Dr. Brill, uh, who's a fan, and it, it was one of those things. Is what it was done. He's like, wow, that was really good, and everybody kind of started to really buy in after that. Yeah, I'll tell you, when, um, when we scored in overtime against Goucher in the last game of the season, the celebration was like nothing I had seen. It was like, wow, like talk about, I knew it was big, but then I was like, wow, this, is, this was so important to this group for the, sure. The magnitude of that moment for that yeah, squad. Yeah, I mean, every, to pile up, everybody sprinting off the bench. I mean, it was, it was pretty, I'll always remember it for sure. It was great. It was really great. You were also named co-coach of the year that year in your first year in the Landmark while having also some all-conference honors and the conference rookie of the year. Yeah. So a lot of positive things, and I, I talked with uh, Coach Sarah Dalrymple about this, having such success so early in your first season at the program that <laughs> like you kind of set yourself up so yeah, high. Yeah. Where can you go from here? But getting the conference rookie of the year is such a big deal, and yeah. seeing the progression of that student-athlete to now. Yeah. How incredible that transition has been. Yeah, you're talking about Anthony Nagy mm-hmm. um, for sure. So, you know, great freshman year. We didn't know, I think, what we had him. We knew uh, Shane Kohler really was the primary recruiter of him, was really just, you know, 
really behind him. And just, he was the guy that really saw it first. We had gotten in so late, or um, you know, myself was, I think it was late March, it was after spring break. Yeah. So we were really playing catch up on the recruiting. But Shane had Nagy on his radar, and you know, he was right on. And he, you know, we started right away. He's just so quick and so good on the ball. He's hard to, he's hard to handle, you know, for, for uh, the other team. So went on to be a regional American. And, uh, you know, I think throughout the league, you know, he's a guy that. You know, when they're doing the scouting reports, he's a lot of times the first guy they're talking about, I'm sure. So you follow up that next year with another landmark conference appearance, going 11-7-1 the next year. So continuing to improve all these things going right for your team. And what what really do you think, because you're starting to finally get your own recruiting class in, what was the biggest difference with who you brought in on staff to kind of help establish this program as you mentioned bringing in some LaSalle guys as well we were talking before the show started about some of them yeah uh you know it's you know, people you want to work with and all that kind of stuff uh, there's guys that you know I've known for 30 years I guess right they're um like uh, Paul Sinofani's the um, uh, the director of coaching at the Warrington Soccer Club uh Joe Venizial done a lot of work with Upper Moron Soccer Club and these guys are always around the game. They're, you know, they're, you know, full-time soccer people, you know, 12 months of the year while doing their other jobs. Yeah. You know, they always have their hands on it. I think they're great uh, role models, leaders, Chris Vaughn, uh, so many of the guys down the line. You know, we've had a Cameron Keys, Joe Hansen. So they're all guys that, you know, I thought were just so good as players and great people that the more people you can get around, you know, get these kind of people around your team, it's, it's only a plus. And, and the mentorship that they've been providing, just seeing them on the sideline interacting with the team is it, the way they buy into them and, and yeah. you, like your staff, it's something like I haven't seen. You know, most of the guys, I mean, not the young, uh, the young guys, Joe and, and Cameron, but they were all coached by my dad. I mean, that, that team culture was so important uh, to them, but really to that LaSalle group as a whole. And it's it's really about uh, you know payback to be honest you know so they uh, they think they've been through something special and they're you know like well there's a lot of soccer stuff and everything going along but you know paying back just that other part is huge so so you're you're getting set for your third season mm-hmm. and then a global pandemic yeah how was how was it for you trying to make things happen in a team setting without being in person, taking what you could and making the most of it. Yeah. Well, difficult for sure. I mean, I think everybody would admit that. And there's no playbook for a global pandemic. You yeah. know? So, you know, you kind of make it up as you go and see what things uh, go well and you know, switch to others that don't. And, you know, we have uh, we were probably dealing with about 30, 35 guys, so everybody's not going to deal with it the same either. Mm-hmm. makes it a little bit uh, more difficult just coaching through Zoom or – getting guys together through Zoom and so on and so forth. So, and then that first semester back at school, it was really, it was, it was, it was tough for sure. So credit to the guys, you know, we did get out there in spring finally, and we got four games in um, and, uh, you know, a number of practices, but no, it was, it it was, you know, I think, I think we made the most of what we could, you know, Mm -hmm. so we uh, couldn't get a season in. We were hoping for some kind of a season, but the exhibition games were at least something. 
what did it mean to to the team and and even yourself to to finally have an exhibition game that you're just not scrimmaging each yeah, other yeah, to yeah, finally yeah. see some competition, let alone it being landmark conference competition? Yeah. So what was that environment like for your guys to step out on the field just to to play a game? Yeah, it was exciting for sure. Just even when we started practicing, you could feel the energy. People were just so appreciative to be out practicing and playing again and outside and you know running, tackling, uh, scoring goals, the whole thing. So. The games are good. It was it was all good. You know, we took uh, the path where, considering everything we went through, we like we tried to play everybody. So mm-hmm. we were getting thirty guys into a game, and uh, yeah, you know, the, the, it's not always easy to do, but that was what we thought was most important at the time, and that's what we went with. You step on the sideline for the first time in almost two years, having a competitive season this past fall. Uh, what was going through your head as you're about to watch your team play in a game that counts? You know, happiness for sure. Just so happy uh, to be back at it was something you really started to think at what time? Yeah, like, will we ever get this going again, right? You mm-hmm. never would. You just never knew when. There was a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement. We thought we had a chance to be really good that pandemic year. We thought we were right on that uh, trajectory, right, where we had the seven wins and then 11 wins. And uh, I think the team was really in a good spot. So, so that was like, you know, obviously disappointing, but is what it is. So no, when we finally get the chance to play for real, you know, this year, like, you know, guys were, uh, guys were excited for sure. And um, I guess Dickinson won nothing with overtime, big celebration. So, oh yeah, yeah. It, that that game, that moment, made it feel like we were back as soon as the the whistle blew that we were we were underway. Yeah, it was so exciting. I I just I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that moment of our student athletes are on the field again. Yeah, like it go. was one right. of those first times like we're able to finally do this. Yeah, and need some extra time for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's but right. Uh, oh my goodness, was that incredible? That 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 breath of fresh air that yeah. we're playing sports again and to cap it off with a, a game-winning goal on our home field yeah just everyone so excited yeah bench empties run to the corner the yeah well, like that the the, yeah. the energy in the locker room afterwards what what was that environment like for you yeah uh, pretty exciting usually we do our stuff on the sideline and the players for the locker room that's theirs you know yeah no it was, it was you know hard to explain again great emotion and uh you know people were fired up we were ready to go so after that first home game, you hit the road for three straight games, drop a tough game to Ramapo. Yep. But then you go to the Brick City Classic, hosted by Rutgers Newark, and you come out with a big overtime victory over TCNJ and then take down the hosts. To win that tournament, I mean, the NJAC is a great conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are great teams for Super sure. Super competitive. So we were you know, glad to just be there for sure, you know. But, uh, but, you know, we thought we could be good. We played a style where we just figured we would just try and attack and see where we are, you know, as a team and as a group. Both games were good games. You know, we were hanging on uh, a little bit at the end of uh, Rutgers-Newark. And, yeah. um, but, you know, we were able to pull it out. So it was just great to, to win a tournament like that. You know, um, it was great. It was kind of, you know, you set goals when you get started and there's short-term goals, long-term goals or whatever. And, you know, here we are to be in – Year four playing against teams like this and uh, and getting some results, um, we were you know we were pretty happy. As the season progressed, it got more and more relevant about how big this graduating class was. Yeah, and nothing. I mean, to me, senior day was just a spectacle to see fifteen guys <laughs> on the sideline. You're able to have them out with their their parents, their families. What 
mark has this group of seniors left on the program? Yeah, it's it's probably hard to tell um, how big of a, of a difference they've made. You know, they came into a program where they were excited to be here. And, you know, we were talking about going to playoffs. We hadn't been to the playoffs in a while. So we were talking about stuff about, like, going to the playoffs and playing uh, top-quality teams and getting results against them and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we have no necessarily – we just kind of have a pathway for it. There's no, you know, like <laughs> – yeah. you know, like – how are we going to get there, you know, to be determined. But where we were then and where we are now, it's, we're, in, we're in two different spots. Uh, for this year, you know, we didn't achieve our ultimate goals, but we still did some special things. We, uh, even after that Brick City tournament, we played Montclair, who was ranked as high as fifth in the country. We pulled mm-hmm. off a tie against them and had, you know, some chances to win. Uh, so that's, that's another great program. So we're trying to upgrade the schedule, keep pushing the limit and see, you know, seeing how well we can do. Well, and in the conference play this year, obviously, it, we wished more positive results out of the conference. But you did walk away with one win. That must feel pretty good. Anytime you walk away with a win over Scranton on their home field, let alone in double overtime. Goody, a- a- Andrew Goodoff, getting yeah. the, the game-tying goal at the final seconds of regulation. Yeah. And then finds the back of the net, just buries it in yep. double o- What was that like, that environment on that field? That was uh, pretty incredible. Uh, it comes off a tie against E-Town. E-Town's obviously yep. a very difficult opponent. We hadn't picked up in the first two years a win against them or, or, or really even a tie. So we tied them there, scored at the, uh, the end of the first half. So that was a really important result in itself, just to prove that we could do it on the road as on well. On the road, yeah. Yeah. You know, E-Town's always good and such quality, and Skip does a great job. So... That was, um, that was a nice result. So now we got to take it into Scranton. And the same thing, we're missing some players. We get some guys injured. But Scranton, yeah, Scranton, I mean, the, the conference is, is uh, I, don't, I can't say you know, one game means more than another. The conference is starting to get so good now through all eight So teams. well-rounded. Yeah, it really is. So every game is a game for sure. But, uh, but Scranton, you know, like Scranton, it's just one of those teams. Like, I know they want to beat us bad. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. And, uh, you know, the feeling is mutual. So, got off to a good start in that game. You know, uh, both teams feeling each other out. It was a big game for them to keep them in their playoff hunt as well. Senior day, so you got to deal with that emotion. Mm-hmm. They're ready to go. They have terrific goaltender center back that, you know, really keeps them in the game. So, they got their goal, you know, down the stretch. We're just fighting, but... You know, the one thing I can say, for whatever reason, over the years, we're really good at the end of the game and really good in overtime. I wish we were just as good in the first, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it might make things a little bit easier. You know, guys kept pushing. Jay Crawford makes a, uh, a really aggressive play late in the game, uh, plays the ball across, and uh, Goody was there. You know, I know uh, that was a big game for him. And, uh, and he had picked up a yellow card, so he already knew like, his, he wouldn't be able to play his last game of the season. So this was it for his career. Mm-hmm. And uh, on almost the last touch of the fir- uh, second half, you know, he, he puts the ball in the corner, and it's one-to-one, and the team's going crazy. Now, of course, momentum carries in. Both teams had great chances in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Goody, again, on his, basically his last touch in college, uh, yeah. reached those and made a real good run there from the right sideline, crossed the middle drug a couple defenders with him, and then, you know, laid a ball off. Goody got on the end of it and, uh, and bashed it home. So, uh, again, big celebration. Players were happy. It was really, uh, you know, for how things were going at that time, it was, it was big for everybody. Yeah, definitely a pick-me-up, much yeah, needed. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So we, we talked about what the impact of the senior classes meant to this program, but a lot of young talent 
on yeah. this squad moving forward. What could we look forward to moving into next year, Coach? Yeah, I mean, you know, same goals, right? We lose a lot of key people uh, in so many different ways. It was just that that senior class, that group of 15, There's a lot of those guys are really close. I mean, they're like brothers. You know, I have that same feeling, like they'll be friends, you know, forever. And to replace uh, them is difficult. But, you know, that starts along the way. You know, we need to bring in some good players this year. But last year's freshman class is ready good. It was very good. Um, they're ready to go. A couple guys got injured, played a little less than maybe they would have. But you can see that they're hungry. You can see they want to continue what this group has started. Uh, and maybe hopefully try and even take it to a higher level. The sophomore class, same thing. There's some real contributors there, some guys that will be ready to step in for sure uh, for guys that are leaving. And then uh, the junior class, there's uh, good leadership there. Guys, These guys have played uh, quite a bit as the senior class as well as mm-hmm. we're filling things in. A lot of these guys have a lot of games, minutes underneath them. And, uh, you know, I, I know the goals are high. Uh, from what I gathered or working out on their own already, you know, in the weight room and on the field or um, throughout their play. And so it's exciting to hear. It's exciting to hear, you know, what they're doing and, and you know, where we'll be able to go. Yeah, definitely potential for this potential, squad. Yeah, big word. The, but the amount of leadership that this squad has had from, from the senior class, but how it, you kind of see it shift down throughout the season of younger guys stepping up. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just remarkable to see how their roles change even throughout the year and see them mature not only as a player but as a leader yeah for sure well college sports right you know uh they're all four-year cycles there's a few guys out there to get five you know but yeah for anybody you come in as a freshman trying to figure out what's going on and uh trying to figure out how you'll do and how quickly you'll adapt and then you know suddenly it's a senior year every Senior day is kind of the same. We let the seniors uh, give the pregame speeches. And so it's like everybody says the same thing. It's like, you know, it's going to go by so fast. I can't believe we're already here. Like, where did four years go? So on yeah. and so forth. So it's, uh, it's a blur. And, you know, every freshman's probably saying, like, yeah, sure, we'll see, whatever, whatever. But without fail, when it becomes <laughs> yeah. their time, they're like, wow, it went by so fast. Yeah, so there's so much growth at a short period of time. That's one of the great things with college sports, right, is – they come in as 18-year-olds, you know, big kids almost, and they leave as uh, young men. And so, uh, yeah, it's great. And we talked a little bit about this throughout the season was how fast this fall felt like it went. Yeah. Because we went from not being able to have a season to, in the blink of an eye, two and a half months are just gone. Yep, yep. So what, as as you kind of were able to reflect on the season, what was your biggest takeaway from finally having – a fall competitive season we were you know a little disappointed with how we did overall you know we had bigger goals but uh we still got a lot done and and put ourselves in a good position you know uh, moving forward the fact that we're back playing you know it's a classic you know was the life lesson don't take things for granted because because mm-hmm. you just don't know and um you know post pandemic we're like wow we're all back playing soccer again you know we're uh, competing uh we're back in class just to take away i guess um a little bit of normalcy coming. A little bit back. of normalcy, yeah. A little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Normalcy. Well, coach, thank you so much for spending some time with me this afternoon, as we film our second episode of the Hounds Huddle podcast. <laughs> Very excited to have you on as a guest, and excited to see the future of this Ben Soccer program. LJ, thanks. We'll uh, see you soon. Happy holidays. Yes. Thank and, you, coach. Appreciate yeah. it.
It was so nice to catch up with head coach Bob Wilkinson of the men's soccer team. I am so excited I had the opportunity to reflect on his past and learn about what it was like to play under the direction of his father at LaSalle then becoming an inductee of the LaSalle Hall of Athletes. Also, being able to recap this past season and what we have to look forward to next year with the men's soccer program. Be sure to follow the men's soccer squad on social media at Moravian M Soccer on Twitter and at Moravian Men's Soccer on Instagram. And if you haven't already, go ahead and follow the Moravian University Athletics accounts as well. That is all I have for you on this episode of the Hounds Huddle Podcast. Until next time, I am LJ Smith, signing off.